you've been looking for a podcast to help you transform your physical and mental one that'll shoot you straight between the eyes with truth and no bs helping you have the right mindset to accomplish things the iron will and fortitude to follow through with what you say you're going to do no excuses Mark owns martial arts schools, and after 30 years, he has some real insight for real talk, real life, real conversations, motivational, fitness, self-defense, weight loss, live from the Great 1-8. This is Real Talk with Mark Cox. Right. Good morning, Jesse. We are live now, or good afternoon for you guys out there where you're at. It's morning time here in, on the California coast. On the East Coast, it's noon. So thank you for having, uh, for coming on with me for the show. We'll spend 60 minutes together. I want to make sure I introduce you properly. We haven't really got to talk too much. So this is going to be a fun interview for me because I'm pretty raw and I'm pretty real. So, you know, um, uh, I asked some questions and you know, I, I get to go through your bio a little bit and and uh, I've been on some calls with you, you know, watching you with, uh, you know, the CLA and stuff like that. But uh, this will be uh, a fun time for us to kind of get to know each other and and see uh, how our worlds uh, connect here in the future. All right. Because I know that you like to uh, do speaking engagements. I think you had a, a speaking engagement here not too long ago. Right. Did you it was that you that you hosted one? Uh, yeah, I had a speaker competition in Niagara Falls in May. Yes. So that's something that uh, uh, I, I remember seeing uh, that you guys do. So we'll, we'll speak about that a little bit. But I want to have you go ahead and introduce yourself. So, Jesse, go ahead and introduce yourself and kind of where you're, what you're doing. I know that you're an author, a, a dad. I'll let you introduce a little bit more about yourself. So with no further ado, go right ahead, sir. Thank you so much, Mark. I am a man of faith, husband and father, professional speaker, storytelling coach, and best-selling author. What's the storytelling mean? Tell me about that. You say a storyteller. Yeah, well, I, I've known every single human being I've ever come in contact with has a unique story. And the challenging part with people who have a story is that they don't understand how important that story is. And not realizing that they're the only person in human history with their story makes it stand out immediately. And then from there, it's just having the right structure and how to share that story confidently to connect with your ideal audience. And I coach people on how to share that story in an effective way. Uh, see, that's so when uh, so you're more on the on the life coaching type of uh, uh, business. Is that what you, what you do is your clients that you take them through that? process is that what is that the, was that your main thing of what you do yeah so it's coaching and hosting live events and it's your live events so we we talked about this that you had a speaker competition here not too not too long ago and is this so like in my world right in our martial arts world we have these venues right 
So let's say we do some cage matches or something like that, and they're kind of local stuff, right, amongst uh, friends and stuff like that, and it kind of gives them a way to dip their foot into something that's not that, you know, that they can try without really going to the big times first yet. You know, do you have events like that for first time speakers? Is that how, how you do to let them kind of get their feet wet? Are, are they more experienced? How does that work? We actually have quite a variety of speakers. We had a few speakers who came onto the stage for the first time in their entire life. And then we had speakers who've been speaking for several years and everything in between. Uh, but we also provide a lot of speaker coaching and understanding how to prepare them for speaking. And we have been fortunate enough to see so many different people from multiple different backgrounds and different skill levels all take the stage. And it's not always, hey, this person who spoke the longest did the best and the person who spoke the least did the worst. And so it's very interesting to see how you may think you have a certain skill level or not. And then when you get on the stage, everything is, everyone starts at zero on the stage. You know, no one who's been speaking for 10, 20 years on our stage gets favored better than someone who's speaking for the first time. It's all the same level playing field as far as how they're evaluated and scored at a speaker competition. Yeah. So this is interesting to me because I think that at, at, you know, being a, a, a coach and a teacher like myself, so, and I've had, um, you know, hundreds of uh, events as far as black belt testings go, right? I, I've been doing this for almost, uh, close to 40 years now. I think I'm on year 38 or something like that. And, uh, you know, at the, you know, we get to uh, speak to, you know, I speak to my black belts and stuff about life. And as my life has continued on, you know, going from a single dad and raising kids and now having a 30 year old son myself that's married and that next phase of life, you know, life experience has a lot of things. I'd like to talk to you a little bit about the speaking thing because it intrigues me personally. And because uh, I feel that that's the next, my next uh, place I want to be going is to, and that's why I wrote the, wrote the book that I did, you know, Beyond the Mat, you know, stuff that I've learned on the mat and taking it outside outside the dojo and and the lessons learned from it and the lives that have touched me and the lives that I have touched. You know what I mean? So that's where, uh, you know, I'm wanting to go uh, myself on the next one. And you so you said some stuff like that, like, you know, everybody starts at zero on stage. And how do you coach somebody to become a better speaker? How do you do that? Do you find that most people are nervous or how do you what, what do you do with that? Well, first they have to have a why that makes them cry. You know, they mm -hmm. got to have a reason for why they get up every morning, a reason what gets them out of bed, right? And so when you're able to discover the why behind your speaking, you're going to have more confidence in your speaking because you're not doing it for you. You're doing it for other people. People think that their story is for them. Your story is never for you. It's for someone else who needs your healing and hope because you went through something you got through it on the other side, and now it is your moral obligation to serve other people in a way that gives them that hope and healing that they're looking for. And so one of the main things is first understanding why you want to speak. You know, if you, if you always remember your why, you always have your way. Got it. So I, so when you're the first thing that – tell me about some of the experience you've had, somebody that's never done anything – uh, do you feel that they're comfortable because it's their story? It's something they lived. Do you think that's a, a that people are comfortable with that? Because I know here, 
there's two things in in just in this in this my arena. And I just started this about three years ago, right? So about three years ago in our black belt test, when you come up and it, uh, we have a big black belt testing, you know, there's a catered lunch and the whole nine yards. And when the candidates are done, before we tie their belts on now, for the last three years, I've had somebody in their family talk to them, you know, whether they're reading a piece of paper or what it is. It's very emotional. Uh, it's usually tear filled. But I'm telling you that I got a lot of pushback when I first wanted to do it because nobody wants to talk in front of anybody. <laughs> and they had a really hard time saying that being able to say anything uh, positive uh, at the simple fact they were just terrified to get in front of people. So you find that to be true or do you find that people are going to speaker competitions are past that? There will be a variety of different people in that room, right? So some of the people are going to feel intimidated by sharing their story because of maybe the challenges that they face have been so severe and traumatic that they haven't fully healed from it. And then you have up people on the opposite end of the spectrum. They can't wait to share their story because they've been wanting to be heard, right? They want people to see that it's possible to heal and everything in between. And I encourage people to start with your story because no one on planet Earth can tell your story because you're the only one who's lived it. And that's always a great place to start when speaking. It doesn't have to be the worst moment of your life, uh, but taking moments from your life and taking the moments and turning into a masterpiece to encourage other people to find their purpose and calling. So there is Ray saying that's 100 percent true this is a good guy you may not know ray ray's i i teach ray's children he's a tattoo artist too he's a freaking awesome artist um i might have one or two tattoos on me as you see uh <laughs> um but that's ray listening in uh on us today and anybody else that's out there you know if you guys got questions for jesse and stuff like that as we move on uh, you're more than welcome to ask them as and i'll bring them up to him as we go um i think that um i had that me when I had experienced that, uh, you know, having such pushback on on somebody saying something positive, I I really wasn't understanding how to take that. You know, do I take that as how can how is that not how is that a big deal to speak about your children just because it's in front of a group of people? And uh, but my own children, they couldn't stand to get up in front of a, a class, even when they were in school, to have to uh, you know do oral presentations and and. Uh, and stuff like that. I'd like to know how you take somebody from a white belt that's never done it and make, and have them go through the, go through the ranks of becoming better and better. You know, what is a process of that? Um, you know, like in, in my world, you know, this is a fighting stance. This is balance. You have to have balance. You have to have this. This is how you tour. This is how you make a fist. You know, how do you take a brand new white belt and put them out there? Truthfully, the white belt has the most advantage. And the reason why the white belt has the most advantage is because they haven't had this the time to learn bad habits when it comes to public speaking. So it's actually better to work with someone who is a white belt than someone who thinks they're a black belt because <laughs> they are, they're more op they're more open minded, right? They're more coachable mm -hmm. in my opinion. And so seeming seeming, you know, someone starting at ground zero has so much to learn. And if they have the humility to be coached 
then they have more potential than other speakers who've been speaking for several years. And so at the foundation of it all is understanding what part of your story to share. There's three spots you'll find a place to share a good story. The first place you'll find a good spot to share a story is a transition in life. That's the first point. Something that happened in your life that was a transition. It doesn't have to be good or bad. It's just a season that changed drastically in your life. The next place to find a compelling story to share is a challenge. Some sort of adversity you had to face or that you went through. That's another good story. And then story number three is going to be what's called either a defining moment or the comeback story, which means you went through a moment that drastically changed your life forever, for good or for bad. This is something that you will never forget. Picking one or two or through all three of those, there's going to be your best stories are going to be in those three different areas of your life. And that's where a speaker needs to start is understanding what parts of their story that they need to share. Yeah, those that's some great points right there. Even as I'm listening to you, as I as I did, I did this speaker competition with Emilio. I was at a black belt test and on his first one, they did it um, remotely. So. I was on, you know, I had to uh, do mine uh, remotely. I was in an office and, um, you know, I was online. People can see me on the TV, but unfortunately I couldn't, I had to wing that because I couldn't, uh, I couldn't engage. You know what I mean? I couldn't see them. I couldn't uh, emotionally connect like when somebody's live in front of the room. Um, And so when that was done, you know, I know that my story moved people, but I couldn't see it. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't feed off that energy. Do you have uh, tips for something like that when it's on a, when it's, you know, it, it made it to the point there, Jesse, I knew that when I, I knew a couple things about competitions, right? I knew this when I competed, uh, when I went for world championships and stuff like that, I competed all year to get seated as a top seed. And then I could be placed like in the championships. I would go towards the end because going first is a guarantee you're going to lose. Okay. By the time you go through another 20 people and they've already formed opinions and they've, then they forgot about you a long time ago after, even when I competed. Right. And so the more you, the, the better you were seated, the better place you get to go towards last. That's just how tournaments worked when I was, competing heavily and uh you know when i went to this competition i knew i was the very first one to speak and then i did it remotely on top of it so in my head i was like well i'm just going to kind of be the the headliner of this and let me see if i just can't get everybody motivated and whether i did or not i don't know because i really wasn't there to see you know what i mean and certainly didn't win any kind of competitions by any means uh so what do you tell somebody in in this type of world where we're at where we're sometimes we're live like this and we don't have that engagement. How how do you go? How do you do that? How do you coach through that? Yeah, I think it's first, I believe proximity is power. So I first, I personally believe that a person in the room always has an advantage over a person not in the room, whether they're speaking virtually or speaking in the room, the person speaking in the room because of the energy it produces and the connection and the engagement that person has an advantage, even if they're not the more superior speaker. They already have that working for them. That's why that's the power of connection with people. And for someone who's speaking virtually, still looking to make that impact, it's finding a creative way to make sure that you can still engage your audience, right? So a lot of it is making sure that tech 
is working ahead of time, uh, making sure that you can see them and they can see you. You can hear them and they can hear you. And, and another thing, a, a minor technique that can be used virtually to still engage people from a far distance away is to ask some sort of question that demands a response. So this uh. is a very simple way. Another thing you could do is a visual aid, something that if you're trying to make a point about something, using some sort of prop to show them metaphorically of what you're trying to say. So those are just a couple simple techniques that can be used from a virtual standpoint to still create the impact for the people when you're not in the room. Yeah, that's great. That's awesome advice. That's good advice. Yeah, I was very intrigued by that, that, that you do this coaching for this anyway. And um, uh, I found that the last few, uh, uh, this CLA is, has made it uh to where you see a lot more of these, because I, I don't really see out that outside of that, you know, outside of Toastmasters or something like that. I've never seen anybody where they can kind of critique you on uh, on your speaking. You know what I mean? So being a coach like that, matter of fact, probably off off air, that'd be something I speak to you about, because I believe that coaching is is something that's needed in anything that you're going to do. If you're going to pursue something, you need to have a coach in it, you know. Uh, when I first started doing this podcasting, I, I found a coach that that does the podcasting right, and and we spoke a lot about mistakes uh, made or not made, uh, interviews. I'm kind of a raw guy. I don't really like to. I don't have set questions by any means. I, it's just not me. I don't really speak that way either. When I'm when I do speak, I kind of speak off the cuff. I don't know if that's a good or bad, but it's just how just just how things are roll off me, and. Um, and so I'm looking for that coaching myself. And I feel that uh, a good coach can change your life, to be honest with you. You know, my jujitsu coach had who only came into us. I've been doing martial arts for, I don't know, 20, 30 years now. But this jujitsu coach came came to me two and a half years ago. And his mentality and what he's gone through has just kind of uh, changed me, even though I've had the experience that I have, he's just been a great ad for me as a coach. Uh, what's your thought on that? As far as coaching goes, people, what, what is a good coach to do, uh, in your opinion? Two things, depending on what you're looking for, right? If you're trying to learn the skill of sharing your story, public speaking, right? That's one thing that should happen. You should become a more effective speaker. You should learn strategies and techniques that you can implement to communicate a message that connects with the ideal audience to make people want to do business with you and partner with you. That needs to happen. The other thing that needs to happen is that the mindset needs to shift to understand that you can do it. Because I believe a good coach, what they do is they get you to believe in yourself even when you don't have any. You get to borrow their belief. Because this coach believes in you. And when you don't believe in yourself and you have somebody believing in you, it gives you the courage to still do it anyways and push through. Right? So you get to borrow the belief of the encouragement of the coach who's there supporting you along. So the coach should do one of – they should do those two things. One, they should help you with the skill that you hired them to develop. And two, the mindset to maintain that and have the ability to think about themselves in a positive light so they can keep doing this thing for the rest of their life. Mm, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, coaching is. It just seems to be the same. The the, you know, I, I like how you what you said there that uh, you're barring the the coach's belief uh, in that in that particular time. That's 
that's good. That's powerful. I think that uh, I think that's something that uh, I'll probably use on as, as as I move forward. You know what I mean? I think that people have a tendency to uh, uh, have have not a belief in themselves. I you know be, being a coach myself, just even at a jiu-jitsu tournament two weeks ago, right? Coaching on the side, coaching your student through you know, walking him through what he has to do, seeing things that he can't see or she can't see at the particular time and uh, and coaching them through, whether it's a win or a loss, and then coaching them through a loss. I guess that's the next thing is, um, you know, how do you find as a coach? Because uh, this is something that has to be critiqued. You know, you you have to be critiqued to be a, a speaker. and You're going to have to have some thick skin if the, if the coach says, hey, Bro, that you suck at that part, man. You're gonna have to change something there. Uh, how do you get people to uh, to accept a critique? Now, I know this. You were correct about one thing. White belts will accept critique way better than than people that are seasoned or at least think they're seasoned. I can tell you that. That is true. The to me, what I've learned is you know because we critique people in real time at a speaker competition. So one thing what we noticed very well is that every single speaker in the room, me, um, me and all the, uh, the judges agreed that every single speaker in the room from day one to day two improved and got better. And that's because we provided them with feedback in real time when their speech was done. We gave them all the things that they did well. So it's always starting with the positive. In the middle, you talk about areas they can improve on. It's not saying that they're terrible, but it's areas for growth. Hey, you can grow here. You can continue to develop this out and then you finish the end with more of a positive aspect. So it's starting with positive, talking about something they can do positive and then finishing with positive. And that to me is is not an attack on their ego because people can have that sense of pride as you're attacking who they are as a person. But it's more about what they're producing with their speaking, right? So it's not them attacking them as a person. It's talking about how do we improve? So it's talking about the improvements, talk about what they did well, what can they improve on? And then another thing that they did well. And that has always worked well in that approach when it comes to critiquing somebody. Yeah, those are, that's, that's uh, really just really good coaching uh, perspective. Yeah. I like, I, I like all that. You know, I'm a, I'm, I'm definitely a, a student at heart. So I still take classes today. I still train today. And, um, I think that, you know, leading by example and, and just being a student is something that's, that's helped me grow in, uh, in, even in my martial arts and in what I do. Um, we got Ray, man, Ray's taking notes, man. He likes what you got to say today. Awesome. Um, so, Let's let's go in. Well, first of all, do you have a book on any of this, or is this your your coaching is just kind of what you do? Do you have do, have you ever written a book a book on co- on 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 better speaking or being a better speaker? Or have you yeah, ever done that? That? that is covered at our events and in coaching. Currently, do not have a book on speaking as of this time. Mm-hmm. So let's go into your authoring then. Now let's talk about um, you know, uh, and and being a man of faith. You know. Uh, Ray's a strong Christian guy too. And, you know, uh, most guys around me are, are, are the same way because I surround myself with that type of thing. I, I tell everybody that whoever you're going to surround yourself with, that's kind of who you, that's who you emulate. That's who you become. That's if, so if you want to be, you know, successful, you go around successful people. If you want a good marriage, go find people that have it. You know what I mean? So, 
being a man of faith is uh, is something that uh, is important. I, I just ran into that yesterday. We had a funeral yesterday. That's why we had to change till today. And there was some um, <clears throat> some stuff there that being in church and seeing a, a friend that I've known for a long time and the family grieving and uh, one of the chaplains said something very profound one day uh, on the CLA, as a matter of fact. Uh, she just said, uh, sometimes death is the ultimate healer. And I was like, wow, it's pretty profound to think about that because within death becomes life or, you know what I mean? Uh, forever. Right. If you're, if you're in, in, in tune with that, but that was uh, something I experienced yesterday. And so that was, you know, that was good. So let's talk about your books. You know, what that, what that looks like being a man of faith, you have, a couple of books out that I've read on right that you have one that's uh, talking about, you know, leading, leading your life. Let's talk about those, what you got. You have two books. The first book is titled live your dash, discovering the eight F's to freedom. That's a personal development book. And then my latest book, losing faith, finding hope is a story about loss. So let's uh, let's let's dabble into both of them. OK, let's talk about uh, living your dash. I, uh, <laughs> I Francis Chan is a uh, is a preacher. He's a really good friend of mine. And I taught him a long time ago and he, he talks about this dash. It, they, the title caught my eye because it was, I, I remember being at a sermon of his one time and he talked about the same dash. Right. He had this big, long rope and he had this this red part of it like this here. Right. And he goes, this is your life right here. And what you live in this dash is what happened, you know, and then he just keeps on growing. He goes, this is what the afterlife is. So what you live here is important to have for what you have after. So it just reminded me of a, a really good sermon that he had just to title of your book. So let's 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 dabble into that one first. And then I've got some questions on your second one. Yeah. You know, for the dash is, you know, the time you're born on the left, the time you pass away on the right, you know, but the dash is what you do with the time that you're here. And I think a lot of times people spend their lives living somebody else's life. They really don't live the dash they've been called to live because of expectations, whether that's society or parents or teachers and coaches. And the challenging part is, is like, how do you find what you've been called to do? You know, it's discovering your purpose. I don't think people find purpose. I think purpose finds them. And then when you're in a state of being able to receive that purpose and then going to live it in an effective way. And I learned that there was eight different areas of my life that when I was intentional about them, it changed my entire life. So when you so this is a self-help book, is this something that can be found anywhere or is it on your websites or where can that where can that be found? Yeah, that can be found right on Amazon. Okay, I'm going to make sure that we put that in the notes because uh, um, I'll make sure that I myself order both of these because I, I'd like to, after reading through some, what you had, I'm, I'm in, intrigued about what that is. You said there's eight of them. What's number one in the book? Focus. Mm. It all starts with how you think. Yeah. Because what you that... focus on grows. It magnifies for good or for bad. Yes, that's that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. I think that I think that focus is a uh, 
in the martial arts world, it, it, you, you don't get much more than that. You have to focus in on a lot of stuff when you're doing stuff. If you're in a fight, you're going to have to focus in on that. Uh, if you're in a, uh, you know, you're in a battle and someone's trying to choke you out and you're trying to choke them out, you lose focus on what's going on. Yeah. You know, that the outcome, the outcome may not go your way. That's for sure. So that's great. Um, Ray says, I find myself struggling with finding purpose as an artist. Hmm. What do you think? What do you got for Ray on that? I would, like I said earlier, it's getting back to why you started in the first place. I think a lot of times when we are on a journey of discovery, we can have something that feels good in the moment or we like to do, but then we forget why we started originally. You know, and it's asking, there's, there's typically four questions a person should ask when they're trying to discover a purpose or trying to work on it. First thing is, what am I, what do I do the best with the least amount of effort? That's the first thing. What do I do the best with the least amount of effort? That's guiding you towards your purpose. That shows you what you're just naturally good at. The next thing is, what do you enjoy so much that you lose time doing it? Hmm. The third thing is, does the world benefit from this right so the world must benefit from it and then the fourth thing is can you make a living off this you answer those four questions that's going to point you in the direction of your purpose and then remembering why you do those things awesome that's awesome advice super advice on your second book you we talked a little bit off off offline about uh you know loss and healing from it what what uh made you write this particular book what what brought you into this yeah, my wife and I, we were praying for a child for years and nothing was happening. And then eventually we were blessed with a baby girl and she was born prematurely. So she was only one pound when she was born and could literally fit in the palm of my hand. Mm. And every single second of the day, we didn't know what would happen next. And then 42 days of her fighting for her life, she passed away. Yeah, that's, t that's, that's tough. How did that, did that strengthen you and your wife? Before it strengthened mm -hmm. us, it almost destroyed us. Right. Because truthfully, when you experience significant loss like that, you lose who yourself, you like lose yourself, you lose your identity, you lose your sense of purpose, your sense of joy and peace has been robbed. That's how I felt. So for years, it was a struggle. And I was in a very dark place for a very long time. So is this where you, where, how did you, how did you start coming out of that? What did you do to start healing? I guess would be the better yeah. word. Well, well, first of all, my faith helped me. Um, having an amazing wife and other children that I love and care for, uh, supportive church community, therapy, counseling. And one of the key things was writing. I would write every single day because that was the only way I felt like I could go to visit her because I, my pain was too excruciating to express out loud. And so putting it on paper made it feel real to me. And that's what helped me get through was writing every single day. Talk to me about your, uh, how you went when you wrote the book. Cause I never wrote a book before, right? It's my first time doing one. And then, I have somebody that is helping me with 
the process of it, right? And I meet with her every week and we we kind of speak about my life and stuff like that and some of the stuff that I've relived and and uh and just uh how emotional writing the book was for me on certain days. Certain days, man, it was kind of brutal to even kind of get through what I was trying to talk about or what I, I lived because I've had to, um, one of my students, uh, lost their baby too. I, I held the baby the night before this baby was maybe three months old at the most. I was, I was playing with the baby at the studio. I'll never forget it. And then, uh, that night I got a call from Tony and he said, uh, you know, the baby wasn't feeling well. We took her to the hospital and she died. I was like, man, I, I just, I didn't know what to, I, I didn't really know how to help them. They were a young couple, not really have family and having to go through the process with them of uh, picking out a small casket and doing all that kind of stuff. And that was a brutal, uh, having them see them by themselves with the baby and dad so broken that I had to carry the casket to the grave because dad just couldn't do it. I had to do it, you know, that day. I'll, those days are like that are, are marked in my brain for forever. And so when I talked about some of the stuff I did as a studio owner, super emotional when I was writing, how, how'd you, how, how, that, how was it? Was it healing for you or what was that process like when you were writing? Without my writing, I wouldn't have got through it. Every single day that I wrote, I felt myself heal a little bit more. Mm. And some of those days, it was very difficult to start writing. Many of those days, I didn't want to write, but I needed to write. So I learned the, the discipline of doing what you need to do, even when you don't want to, even when you don't feel like it. Even when everything inside of you is telling you don't, I still did. Because without it, I wasn't able to heal. And I learned so much from just doing what I'm supposed to do rather than doing what's always comfortable. Because there was days I would, I literally took a pen to paper and I would cry as I would write. And I, my tears would literally be covering the pages that I was writing on. <laughs> and... I cried a lot, but I healed a lot. I think the tears were just a revealing of my pain. And if I didn't write, I still would have harbored all that resentment inside. And just for a moment, the writing gave me some sense of relief. And that's why it's important for people to share their story. Yeah, that's powerful jesse just uh you know just a strong just strong words from me this entire time that we're talking to, to uh listen to your um to your stories and what you have and talking about focus and talking about discipline is a uh it's such a correlation for what i do uh on a daily because I, I i understand that too i understand the difference between I often speak the difference between motivation and discipline are, are miles apart, right? You know, we're always motivated to do something until two o'clock in the afternoon rolls around and our motivation goes and the discipline has to step in or discipline has to step in on a daily. And if you want to have growth, I think those are powerful words from a coach that, uh, you know, comes out very sincere, probably because, uh, you know, you've, you've lived that, you've lived that, uh, 
experience, you know, it and death is a, uh, you know, makes you think anyway. I think I was a little bit miffed yesterday. You know, I had to kind of take the day off even after that, you know, watching, uh, the, the wife said something very profound to me at the, at the funeral. She's like, Mr. Cox, you know, you know, I've been with this, known this family for 25 years or more. And she goes, Johnny would have loved this. He wouldn't even realize, uh, that these men, this many people even cared about him. And I'm like, man, that is how we are as a society, man. We, we seem to speak well of everybody at their funeral. We don't tell them when they're alive. That's what I took away from that yesterday. Uh, at that, at that, uh, at that funeral, you know, it weighed on me for sure. So listening to your, your story about your loss and, and, and then your healing, it sounds like you had a strong wife that, and you know, I'm sure she had her own, own, uh, uh, own battles within within two being being that so i think it's a positive story i think that's something that uh, uh a book does the book have a good ending that's the thing right you, what what's your is there hope at the end of the of the rainbow and do you feel uh i'm sure you feel sadness on a daily but how do you get joy out of out of your tragedy how do you do that You with me, Jesse, or are you frozen? I think we have Jesse. Oh, let's see if he pops back here for a second. It's always something, right? We're live, and then uh, at this awesome point, all of a sudden it goes it goes kind of blank. So you guys are listening to me talk for a second. So, uh, but uh, Jesse Cruz, I will make sure that his books are uh, in the. Uh, in the comments uh, that you can get, you can tell that what kind of coach he is, uh, even just by his talking, right? That he's a, uh, you know, a man of conviction, a man of, uh, uh, you know, focus and purpose. Um, but I guess you don't get that way without having some kind of tragedy um, or positive that comes in your life. Right. I think he's coming back now. We got you back, Jesse. You there? Yeah, I'm here. Sorry about that. Yeah, not a problem. My phone is Not being a problem. weird. Sorry. Yeah. Well, it's always isn't that the way it is when we're live? It's always got to be something. But you know, I'm I'm so used to it by now that I just I just go with the flow. And we talked about your books here a little bit while we're while we had some uh, airtime. So it's not it, that's not the thing. But I was asking the question of what does it look like by the end of the book? Because you got to have some kind of joy in life. You know, you can't be uh, uh, always down. I'm sure you feel you feel the same pain all the time. Um, what's your, what's your, what's your way of, uh, uh, of dealing? And is it, is it by telling your story, selling your book, getting up in front of a group of people, letting them know, cause there's a lot of people that have had, you know, loss for sure. Yeah. The, the healing happens with courage. I don't believe healing happens on accident. I think it's intentional. I think it's choosing to heal and doing whatever it takes to make sure that that happens. And so for me, I think the most powerful thing a human being can do to heal is to talk about the thing that wounded them. Because if you can't address what's wounded you, you won't even know how to begin to heal. And so 
understanding what has inflicted pain on you. Talk about how it made you feel. Talk about what you learned. And then encourage some other people to do the same thing. And that's really the hope and healing that comes from sharing your stories. That you get to be the person to encourage other people who may have never in their lives thought about sharing their story. But someone has to be the one. Someone has to have the uncomfortable conversation. Someone has to be the one to step out and say things that they may don't even feel comfortable doing. But it's not about us. It's about the other people who need to hear it. Yeah, that's good. That's strong for sure. I know that uh, uh, you're right about everybody having something that they fought with in their uh, in their life and uh, the. And I find being a man of faith, you know, questions come to me quite quite often. As a matter of fact, it just happened yesterday. You know, a very good friend of mine who's, you know, well-known UFC ref and he was at this funeral and I've known I've known him for a long time. And and he had asked me some questions, you know, because he had a scare of death himself with covid. And he remembers seeing, uh, you know, lights. He remembers feeling very uh, at peace and stuff like that. And I said, if you feel at peace and you feel good, it has to be of God. God doesn't have anything that is going to make you feel afraid or, uh, you know, thinking that uh, scaring you are off like that. I said, I, I really feel that that is, you know, and ask some questions about Johnny. Do you think that he can see this? Do you think he's there? And I said, I can only tell you what the Bible says. The Bible is very clear. When Christ was being crucified, he said on the cross uh, right there, the guy next to him that was a criminal, and he said, today you'll be with me in paradise. He didn't say, you're going to go to sleep. You're not going to wake up. You're going to be He said, today you'll be there. So when your eyes close here on earth, you're awake with him in heaven. And I just think that that was a powerful time that I got to speak with him yesterday, you know, and it was, you know, listening to you, to how you what you say and how genuine you are. I think that uh, probably your coaching is, has been, um, has been helpful to a lot of people. I look forward to talking about that a little bit off, off, off camera with you as it is, you know what I mean? I'd like to see where, where my deficiencies can be and, and how to, how to project a story that people will be, you know, cause you know, I know the, you know, the voice inflections and how you kind of look light or, you know, and how do you, how do you get through it? <laughs> how do you get through a story without having tears? Sometimes is the, is the next thing, you know, I got, I got to be very careful what I talk about because sometimes it gets super emotional and, uh, you know, I've experienced quite a bit of loss in, inside my own school. Uh, um, one of my stories in my books will be about Carlos and number 45 is, uh, on my belt. That's his number. And, uh, I'm the one that asked him to come and cover class for me and on his way to the studio was killed by a drunk driver. And uh, I'm the one that asked him to go do that class for me. So I've always kind of lived with that. He was hit head on and killed by a drunk driver. And I just remember, I still live with that today. You know what I mean? What that, you know, what, you know, the what ifs or, or, or what, what have you, uh, but if I'm listening to what you're saying, it's stories like that that can move people. Is that correct when you're speaking? Typically, it's the most challenging experience of your life. It's the exact thing the person needs to hear. 
ask. Interesting. Interesting. So on your on when you're when you're coaching, I want to talk about some of your live events. How often do you have your live events? Yes, yeah, so we'll average three a year. And when you say they're live, so are you doing a virtual event also? No, no. So yeah, we've thought about that, but we want people in person, right? Because right. I just that's where the, the most impact happens in the least amount of time is when you're in a room full of people heading in the same direction. And it's how we can utilize our strengths to get to places that we can never be alone. So not currently virtually because I really want people to be in the same room again. So live meaning in person is what you're talking about, your live events. So you're in person, you have, tell me about, let, let's, let's typically go through one of your events. Let's, let's, uh, let, let's talk about, um, what that looks like. You have speakers that come. Do you have speakers there before the competition? How does that, how does your live events work? Yeah. I mean, a main focus of any live event, because we have a variety of them, but the main focus is one, first and foremost, building relationships. So we always leave time for networking because I believe that relationship is the key to fulfillment and happiness is got to have healthy relationships. So it's keeping time for people to connect with other like-minded individuals but who can also challenge them. So that's the main thing is having time for people to network, also developing a specific skill, whether that's speaking or whether that's personal development, there's a specific skill being taught, but there's also relationships being built. And then it's about next steps and how we can work together moving forward and all collaborate together. Cause for me, it doesn't, it's not about you doing something better than me, me doing something better than you. It's how can we do it together? So everybody gets better. So collaboration is a huge thing. We see a lot of business partnerships form, nonprofits start, friendships that become lifelong happen. And that's what we want to focus on. The relationships is primary and then developing specific skills to grow your personal development and your professional growth. So you just, I, I believe you just had one here a few months ago. Is that correct? Yeah, I had the speaker competition in May. In May, everything on the East Coast, right? I'm always, I'm always busting Emilio's chops. Like, man, do you guys come to the West Coast or what? I mean, everything is uh, on the East Coast, right? And I'm like, you guys, man, nobody comes to the West Coast to see. Uh, I mean, I can't blame you. I mean, but uh, uh, it's, it's everything on the East Coast. When's your next one that you're doing? We have our transformation retreat. It's a different style and setup, but that's in October. And yes, it is on the East Coast. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what I'm talking about. I'm like, man, these guys are killing it, man, out here on the East Coast, man. I, I've I've talked to Jose and, and Emilio. I said, you know, there are people on the other side of the country, bro, that would uh that would would probably do an event. This transformation, I think I've seen some um advertising on it. Is this uh is this uh a, a male female thing or is it an every everybody thing is it is it a, a transformation camp for everybody what 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 typically is because that sounds like a little bit different than a speaker competition yeah, so what what's your concentration going to be on this yeah it's a different setup it's going to be focused on personal development so the eight different areas that i covered in my first book about live your dash it's going to be those eight, eight different areas condensed down into one weekend uh, so you're going to you're you're going to talk about about what's in the book uh, and and have that more personal development on on that. Now, where do you typically have that at? Do you guys have that at, at hotels? Do you guys go to a retreats? What do you guys do? Yeah, we have that. We'll have that at a resort. At a resort. And is it going to be in New York, too? Or where do you go? Where do you typically yeah. have these? New York State. 
New York State. You know, I, I should probably uh, make sure that I get all that info uh, off the thing and I'll put everything um, yeah. out there because you never know who, you know, who can go and and uh, and and who can uh, get down there and and, you know, be part of what you do. Are you uh, now listen, are you part of anything at Emilio's January 6th thing? Are you going to be there for his event on January 6th? Yeah, so I plan on being sure to go out and support most definitely. Yeah, so I this is where you and I get to meet in person because I will definitely be there. Uh, you know, I, I know that he has another speaker competition coming up himself, but I'm just not I'm not uh, thinking about doing it virtually again. I'm just like, man, I just don't know if I should go that route or. Just wait till I'm in person. You know what I mean? Unless I can technically see people in front of me, I, my, my, the energy level is just a little bit different for me. And it's uh, like, you know, when I teach, I mean, I love teaching. I love teaching martial arts. It just gets me excited. And when I can teach a female how to empower herself on how to smash someone's face when they're being attacked and, and break through these things that happen to them, I, I eat it up like candy. And so, uh, you know, we're looking forward uh, to to what you guys can do in a transformation camp. So it looks like he just popped off again here. So let me just wait till he gets back. So Jesse Cruz, just so you guys know, uh, author, he's a storyteller. If you're looking for a coach, you know, he'll definitely be able to coach you through, uh, you know, I guess how to be a better speaker is what he kind of, you know, he focuses in on and how to be, how to get up in front of a group and be a better speaker. Looking forward to that myself. Just so you guys know, I think that uh, it's powerful that you have a good coach. Uh, like I said, I think I'll probably be uh, talking to him uh, off camera a little bit more about what that looking, look that coach looking like. If there's anybody else out there that has any questions that I can uh, pass on to him, we'll see if he comes back up online here in just a few minutes. Uh, if not, Guys, uh, just so you know, as we're waiting for Jesse to pop back on, I do have a book also that's going to be released January 6th. Um, you can find it on. Uh, and I I think that when when you guys, uh, if you're looking for my book, you guys, this has what my book is, right? It, it has to do a lot with my life experiences like what I just talked about here. And then, uh, you know, lessons that I learned from the mat, taking it off the mat and, uh, you know, being a part of some life, somebody's life or their part of my life or what that looks like. I think it's the same thing as what Jesse has. I think when you guys have, uh, even you guys out there as you, as we're, as I'm winding this up for the day, right. Um, I don't see him coming back. I think he has a, uh, a phone issue. So I want to say thanks to him uh, for at least getting getting a good 50 minutes in. But if you guys are looking for uh, a good books, obviously his read is going to be well. I'll be ordering mine today. Uh, Live your dash. You know, eight there's eight eight ways there. That's what his transformation camp is going to be on. Living through death of a, of a child and and how he came through that sounds like a very interesting read. I'm sure everybody can can relate to that. Like I said, my book will be out on January 6th. It is up for pre-order right now. You can go beyond the mapbook.com and find my book. You pre-order it. I'm sure that everything's autographed and ready to go. I think that uh, 
you will enjoy read. You'll get to know me a little bit more. I've, I've picked a few topics in there of, of stuff that's happened to me when, uh, in my life. So I hope you guys enjoy it. I hope your day is awesome, guys. I'm going to sign off here uh, on this. This will be live on um, uh, at Real Talk with Mark Cox, both on Facebook and there will be YouTube for this. I'll have the audio version of this out next, and you guys can kind of listen to it on your car. If you guys can do me a favor, what really helps me in the audio portion and the YouTube, guys, if you go to my YouTube and you guys can at least uh, – make sure that you uh, subscribe. I would appreciate it. And that's at Mark Cox uh, at real talk with Mark Cox. If you guys can subscribe to that, I'd appreciate it. The more subscriptions we get, the more uh, lives that we can do, even though I do live through Streamyard on, on there. If you can go to that at real talk on, on there, if you can go and subscribe to my website, I'd appreciate it. And uh, let me, let's say goodbye to Jesse here real quick. He just, he just popped back on. Hey, Jesse, I was just saying goodbye to everybody. I want to make sure everybody uh, – that, that's okay, man. I was talking to him. I, I was no, talking No, I know you were, but book. listen, like, it's so crazy. I have a charger. It's not working, and I don't know why. I've swapped it out, like, three times. But I think I that's, get a new phone. I don't know what's going on, but I appreciate it. Well, that's it. what happens in live, right? It, nothing happens like that unless you're live. When you're live, everything that can go wrong will go wrong. It is what it is. You just got to kind of go with the flow. It is what it is. You know what I mean? So I want to take these last couple minutes with 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 you then to so make sure that uh, we we talk about uh, uh, your events and your coaching. Where can we find you? Let's let, let's go over that first. Where where can somebody find you if they have questions on? Hey, I'm looking for a coach. I, that sounds interesting to me. Where do we find you at? Yeah, you can connect with me right on Facebook, uh, Jesse Cruz. You can find me Instagram, Jesse Cruz Speaks. I'm also on LinkedIn or email authorjessecruz at gmail.com. Okay, so I want to make sure that we have all that stuff. I'll put that out on our uh, on our platforms also, so that people can kind of reach out to you, and we'll have this, uh, you know, we'll have this uh, up and going within in the day. I think I, I don't know if I told you, but um, when we streamyard this stuff, it's live on YouTube and uh, on Facebook. But I also do. Um, I'll download it and edit it for audio. So it'll be on my audio podcast. It'll be on my website, which is markcox.com. You'll be able to see and uh, direct all your people to that. And they can listen to uh, what we spoke about today. So before we wind up, wrap up here today, why don't you just take a, a, a minute, Jesse, if you will, I'm going to have you uh, end out with something positive for everybody that uh, is looking for, if they have challenges today, you saw that Ray had a little bit, struggling uh, and finding purpose. Uh, why don't you take the, the last couple minutes and, and let's leave some, leave somebody with something positive for the day. Yeah. I've learned that through the years daily, we're going to be tested on something, even if it's for something like myself that happened just a few minutes ago, right? <laughs> you know, the phone dies multiple times and that's okay. Um, but I really believe it's having the opportunity to be blessed with a burden and burdens are so important to have because it teaches us what's most important and most valuable in our lives. And nobody really wants to have problems and challenges. Nobody wants the setbacks. But it is only through a setback and a challenge and a burden that you experience is to get you to become the person you were designed to be. And I would encourage people to welcome those challenges. Doesn't mean that you like them. Doesn't mean that you enjoy them. But understand that there's a lesson in it. And the person that you want to become is on the other side of the challenge that you're facing. 
so good. That's such a good, that's such a good lead out to what we have today. I, I often speak of that as a competitor and as a, as, as a teacher myself. And for me personally, uh, when I look back on my growth, my growth came from my, my losses. Um, my motivations came from my wins. So it was important for me to win every once in a while because that kept me motivated to keep going and going. But my losses is what I mostly remember uh, as and, and any setback that I had when I competed was, you know, and today to do jujitsu is the same way. You know what I mean? It's a it's a daily grind. You know, someone's there trying to choke you out and you're trying to uh, weather that storm. It's just like life. You know what I mean? Life, life tries to choke you out and you got to weather that storm. And so that's a great segue out. I'd appreciate your time today. We'll make sure that we put everything out on the platforms for you, Jesse, and, and get your books out there. I look forward to meeting you in person. And uh, if, you know, one of these times I'll make it to the East Coast to actually just do the, uh, I go out to, Vir you know, I go out to Georgia quite often. I'm out in Georgia quite often, uh, almost probably half a dozen times a year. So one of these times I'll try and make it where I go to Georgia. And then I'll fly to you guys and then I'll fly home and see if I can't hit one of those events that way. I'll, I'll try and make that happen. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to hold you to it, Mark. I'm going okay, I'm gonna, I'll, yeah, it's, I'll be rocking and rolling, bro. I'm going to get up there. I want to, you know, I think that after when we're done here today, I, you know, I was just telling the audience when we went, when we went uh, blank there, I said, I'm going to, I'm going to talk to him about coaching and having, having a coach. You know, I think that's so important. I wish what I had back in the day, I tell everybody this, you know, a strong coach. And I tell everybody that private lessons are 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 infinitely more important sometimes in class because you get, you know, you get that undivided attention. And I like that kind of stuff. That's what I like. That's what I thrive on. You know, but I wish we had a financial coach when we were young men. I wish I had that in my business to I tell my own kids today. I said, if I had a financial coach back in the day, I said at my age at 61. I would have already been uh, been set. You know what I mean? And uh, I said, it's important that you find the right coach in, in life and you find the right coach. And it sounds like you're quite a coach as, as it is. So we'll make sure we get you out there. And I'm going to come, dude. You know, I, I mark my words now. You know, I'm going to come. You're going to get to see me a little bit. Uh, I'm going to break some bricks. I'm going to do something I haven't done in a long time. You know what I mean? I told Emilio. You know, they had seen me breaking some back in the day. And I said, oh, my gosh, dude. I said, I do that about once a year now at a Christmas parade. I'll get up and I'll smash some bricks for everybody at the parade. But I said, uh, I haven't done that in that mindset for so long. But I'm going to do it on January 6th. I'm going to talk a little bit about my book and I'll be up there speaking. And then I'll I'll smash some stuff up on stage. But uh, I look forward to uh, getting to one of yours and we'll see. We'll see. But if I'm coming, I'm coming to win. So I'm not coming to, to place, you know what I mean? I'm coming to make it happen. So if I need to get a coach to make me better, that's what I'm going to be doing. Sound good. I got you, I got you man. <laughs> All right. All right, man. I appreciate our, our hour together today, man. It was awesome. I'll have this out on audio for you. Uh, if you stay, stay tuned right after the broadcast, I'll I'll say goodbye to you. Hold on one second. All right. Have a good day. Thank you. You've been listening to real talk with Mark Cox. Real life, real topics, real conversation. We're passionate about motivation, fitness, self-defense, weight loss 
and coming at it from a real angle. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. And we hope you had fun. We know we did. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit us up on Instagram and Facebook at MarkCox100. Make sure to subscribe and review and tell a friend or two about the show. For more, hit up the website at markcox.com. Till next time, keep it real.